Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. As I say the first line of the show, John has his head in his hands. Let's see how the next 25 minutes pans out. The rules here at The Dream Factory are simple. We can discuss as many of your ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage where it will be used as a guidebook to help us usher in this new era for the United Kingdom. Yes, I said usher. I'm not going to retake the line. I'm Joel, a man who puts the sort into Queen Consort. And across from me is John Harris, a man who, so moved by the coronation at the weekend, has decided to leave all of his assets to the crown upon the event of his death, presumably nobly in battle. Hello, John. Hello. Last week, I was a French man who hates the monarchy. This week, the weekend really changed how I felt felt about things. Well, it changed how we all felt. And now we all say, God save the king, because it was a very special day. And it wasn't silly. No. It wasn't pointless, because it couldn't get his little glove on. How much of it did you watch? I Did he did he struggle to put a glove on? He couldn't put his little glove on, Oh, John. no. There was a point, there was a bit where they brought him a series of objects to wear or kiss <laughs> or like sniff. <laughs> And one of them was a special glove. Okay. You know, the, sac- the sacred glove of just one. old Merry Bonnie Town. Mm. Um, it was just one glove and um, he couldn't get it on. It was quite funny. That's uh, I, Anyway. Because, you know, like the optics around Charles is like the idea that he's got big sausage fingers, which is unfair. Yeah, which is an unf- unfair thing to say. Like, I'm not, that's not how I feel, but I just know that is a th- an opinion that goes around. So for him to, he must have felt really self-conscious. Are they not testing that in the rehearsal? Are they not getting a tailor in to do some sort of finger extensions? Can you get your gloves tailored? If you're the king, you can get your gloves tailored. How much like would like stress or dehydration or anything cause your fingers to swell? To puff up? That's a great question. I wondered, I wondered a few things like that. I wondered like, did he have breakfast? Mm. How much, how much liquid are you drinking ahead of time? Because you want well, enough that you're you not... Well, you for four and a half hours. Exactly. So you don't want to pass the out. The guests were advised. You don't want to yeah. pass out, but you also don't want to go to the toilet. Yeah. It's, tr- it's tricky. How much sleep do you think he got? Was he nervous or was he just like, this is just what I'm born to do, so... I don't think the wee thing would bother him as much as it would have bothered me. And you know when someone says he can't do a thing, that's all I would have been thinking about. I wouldn't have been going, oh, what but, a wonderful ceremony. I'd be thinking, how long until I can go for a wee? I reckon, though, if you're sat there and you're the king, you can probably just do a little wee and no one's going to mention it. Maybe. But 
Archbishop of Canterbury is not going to go, fucking hell, Charles. <laughs> it's all over my shoes. Uh, for the record, at the they're beginning... Just gonna, they're just going to pretend it's not happening. <laughs> for the record, at the beginning, when I was putting my head in my hands, I was, I was getting I was getting G'd up. I was getting warmed up. I was getting ready. Yeah, famously, famously how you G yourself up <laughs> by sort of a pained expression and putting your head in your <laughs> <laughs> doing a shaking your head and doing a big sigh. That's how, how I got myself all G'd up. Right. Let's do some movie ideas. Speaking of royalty, we've got one here from Josh, the King's Peach. Interesting. Maybe, John, on the day of the coronation, Charles decides he's going to have some, get his fibre in the morning and he eats a peach. But the peach is rotten and it gives him food poisoning and he has to survive the entire coronation with, you know, he's on the precipice oh, of huge diarrhea and he can't. Despite what I just said about being able to have a secret Wii, no. a lot of the garments are white. The king, I imagine Hugh Edwards was, probably said this as part of the proceedings, the king simply cannot shit himself during the coronation. <laughs> God, I hadn't thought Can about he? that. Needing a Wii isn't as bad as yeah, having your stomach sort of Do you doing think- backflips throughout. Do you think he'd immediately abdicate if on TV in front of the world he shat himself during the coronation? Yeah, well, you know, like people say like, oh, yeah, you know, the monarchy's only got sort of like maybe one more generation left in it. If he pooed himself during the <laughs> coronation, I think it would be immediately over for the monarchy. It, that's game over, isn't it? There's no amount of PR come back. How are they spinning that on Meghan Markle? I was going to say, how do you get food poisoning off a peach? But my brother got salmonella from a banana, so it's definitely possible. <laughs> What do you mean? Had it been rubbed on a chicken? I don't know. That's that's what he tells me. He said he got salmonella from a banana in South America. That's not. That, that's not. That, that's not. That's simply not true. Simultaneously, he was eating like seven kilos of raw chicken. It was the banana. It was the single <laughs> the banana. banana that it's did like, it. That's like when you go when you go out, you drink ten pints, and then you have a kebab. The next morning, you go, "God, they the way they prepare that doner meat in that kebab shop must." There's something weird going on there because it's made me so sick this morning. Maybe maybe there's some truth to the salmonella banana because I isn't one of the worst forms of food poisoning you can get is from bean sprouts, isn't it? Whoa, really? Yeah, there's a thing with I think specifically like tinned bean sprouts, they can harbour a certain bacteria that's like lethal. The bean sprout we don't talk about it enough. The bean sprout is a is a secret killer. Well, it's like um, rice. Apparently, you're not supposed to eat the second day, are you? But if you reheat rice twice. It's goodbyes to your lives. It's what they say. Isn't that one of the, that's one of the right... You've got a kid. They're learning that in nursery school. Tell, yeah, that's what I'm telling him daily. When, when I heard this, my brain, and you could say this says something about me, is I went down the call me by your name sort of peach route, which is slightly more erotic. Oh, the king shagging a peach. Pretty, yeah. You know, there's lots of rumours that go around the tablet. Well, not the tabloids, more the internet in general about the sort of sexual proclivities of the royal family. So it's not out of the sort of realms of possibility. You think they get fruity? I think they do. It's, um, if you were, it'd have to be um, a quite a spontaneous act, wouldn't it, to have sex with a peach? I mean, you're not in the supermarket. Uh, you know when people are, th- or, or are you now going to look differently at people that are feeling avocados and things in the co-op? You're going to think, why are you making sure that's nice and soft? Avocados must be the most touched item in a supermarket, right? I think about that quite a lot. Yeah. You, there's simply no way you're putting your hand on an avocado that a thousand people haven't already had you, a fiddle with. You must be shagging a peach in the throes of passion because if you're in this, the fruit aisle, I just think there's better fruit. I don't want to get into the details. I just, I just think there's... You did? Oh, I want you to get into the details. Well, I just think, I just think there, there are bigger, more more genital friendly fruit the genital friendly fruit with john harris another look after we've done um 
What's the one about American Pie that we're definitely doing? Pie Guys. We'll do after Pie after the our spin-off series Pie Guys, where we watch American Pie and eat a different pie. We will do genital friendly fruit with John Harris. Well, the King's it'll be our first, it'll be our first video podcast venture because the King's Peach could be a spi- a British spin-off to American Pie because we are going to have someone shagging a fruit. Perfect. Right, would I'm you, all in. Would you like an idea from me via a listener? What about this one from Theo John Thick? <laughs> Yeah, I've been saying it for years. <laughs> and John Thick 2, 3, and 4. There, there's, so, there's enough material for these sequels to run and run and run and run. <laughs> it, so it's like it's like as if Rowan Atkinson was playing a an assassin. Oh, no. Apologies. You can't see this written down. It's 2C. It's CC. Yeah. Oh, it's sexy. <laughs> so he's got a big sexy. butt. <laughs> That's not, this show's too sexy today. That's not where my brain went. My brain went, it's like oh. Johnny English meets... Um, John Wick. Well, they showed Johnny English after the coronation on Channel 4, didn't they? No, Channel 4 showed it during. Because <laughs> I flicked over. A ju- and there's Genius. a coronation sequence in Johnny English. Yeah. I actually couldn't work out which was which. Because <laughs> is it feasible that Rowan Atkinson would be at the coronation? Oh, it's completely feasible. It's completely within exactly. the bounds so of Exactly. So it's so confusing, isn't it? If you just turned on Channel 4, is there, any- is there anyone in Britain that turned on Channel 4 and for maybe five <laughs> seconds wasn't sure if it was... The coronation or Johnny English. That must have happened. Obviously, you'd never, ever, ever admit it, but it must have happened. Yes, until the bit where sort of Rowan Atkinson sort of swings over the king's head and grabs the crown. <laughs> and then you think, oh, I'm not sure this is right. Hang <laughs> about. You're like checking Twitter. No one is talking about this. Well, you know, like they had like the thing with the queen where she like at the 2012 Olympics where she did the thing with Bond and then she did the thing with Paddington. So the king doing yeah. something with Rowan Atkinson in character isn't again coronation. Isn't out of the realms of possibility. I this isn't all entirely plausible stuff. They should have done something more stunty at the coronation. Did you see that a Grim Reaper walked past the door? Yeah, and is that is that genuine? I think it well it must have been a prankster, right? Or was it not? Or is How the video did they get fake? as close as that door? That's what I'm confused about. I know. Well, I'd be scared to touch the Grim Reaper if you're the police. That's it. About the only person they would be scared to, you know, they put their hands on. You put your hand on the Grim Reaper, it's game over, isn't it? Very true. Right, I think we need to get to the point here, John. So, Keanu Reeves. With all due respect to the guy, and I haven't been checking out his backside. I don't believe he's the most sort of curvaceous man in Hollywood. Okay. He he strikes so you, me as being. You want a, do you want a more curvaceous man, or do you want implants? Uh, implants. Yeah. <laughs> nice. John Wick goes to Turkey for a Brazilian bum lift because they are all the rage. And while he's there, his surgeon kills his new dog. And John Wick swears he'll kill every surgeon in Turkey. And he looks insane. He's got massive white teeth. He's got a huge ass. And he's covered in bandages. And he's just killing everyone that has a a license to operate as a medical professional in Turkey. I, I'm into it. <laughs> I like the idea. So John Wick has gone to this surgeon and gone, sorry, I'm just really attached to this dog. So can they be with me in the surg- in the um, operating room? And then the doctor's sort of gone to, to cut open its, his bum to insert the implant and sort of stumbled over and just stabbed the dog to death. I stabbed the dog to death, yeah. <laughs> That's why they don't have dogs in surgery. <laughs> Or he accidentally gives the dog a Brazilian bum lift. Okay. And and, uh, and the dog can't handle it. Right. How about this one from Martin? Yes, man. Jim Carrey plays a man convinced to overcome his conviction that he'll never be asked to join the legendary prog band. Yes. Owner of a lonely heart. That's the only yes song I know. Me too. So, okay. Jim, so Jim, what? Hang, hang about. 
Jim Carrey knows for a fact he's never going to be in Yes. <laughs> and this film is convincing him that maybe he could be in Yes. Okay. Does he join other sort of prog rock bands and make his way through the through the ranks of prog rock? I think so. If Jim Carrey, Ale, like much like, is, it, is Russell Crowe in a band? Russell Crowe. Paddy Considine's, Paddy Considine's in a band. And you can see these bands. It's quite, I always find it quite interesting, right? You can, you can just sort of go and see Paddy Considine be in his band at like relatively small venues, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'll that's, just play like kinda, a local kinda sort weird. of bar. Yeah. Riding so, the low. That's what they're called. Mm. So if Jim Carrey was in a similarly level band, John, and you found out who was going to be playing one of your local pubs in Hertfordshire, you'd go along, right? Yes, but I, I think, I think he were it would be expensive. So, and oh. I think it would be like a theatre. I think Kevin Bacon's in a band, right? No way. They're called the Bacon Brothers. Shut the front door. <laughs> that sounds like an American sort of like brand of food, doesn't it? That's too. That's too on the nose. That's too much like you're going to see Kevin Bacon, right? You, what you want is riding the low. You want a band that actually has fans of their music. Mm. They want to be le- they want to be legitimized somehow. Who has got the most simultaneously successful music and act? Oh, actually, I, I'm, as I'm saying, I'm thinking of modern people are doing it quite well. So, like, you know, f- whatever you think about him, Jared Leto is a successful musician and a successful actor. Haley Steinfeld's quite a successful pop star and a very successful actress. So, I think. There are examples. Childish Gambino. He's very true. I just feel like back in the, the right, days, it was is that much, the right answer. Probably. I just feel like back in the day, it was so much more segregated, wasn't it? It was like if you saw Michael Jackson Elvis. trying to act, it was hilarious. Yeah, but mm, that's true. And like the Beatles, but it was always they were like the films were sort of uh, like a vehicle for them. branding for the for them as a musician yeah. rather than sort of separate things. Yeah, I think the Bacon Ice Brothers Cube. is the correct answer. The Bacon Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Bacon has surpassed that. Kevin Bacon doing adverts for EE and the Bacon Brothers are on a par. It just um, sounds like a so, frozen food product, doesn't it? Like you get your sort of like potato waffles from the Bacon Brothers. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like they would do a synthetic blue syrup with one of their products. <laughs> Lovely which is, business. You know, that's a big American fun time. John, give me another film idea. All right, what about this one from Beck? Forrest Bueller. So we've got Forrest Gump and Ferris Bueller. Okay, so Forrest Gump skips school, or Ferris Bueller just starts. It would be quite good to see Ferris Bueller. You know, obviously a big through line through Forrest Gump is that he's kind of accidentally at all of the major moments in Western history. It'd be interesting if Ferris Bueller was there. They'd be more fun, right? So we're talking mid-80s. So he's... Yeah. What's what's happening in the mid-80s? I mean, one of the most famous things in the mid-80s is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, The Berlin Wall comes down. Late 80s. Ferris Bueller accidentally knocking down the Berlin Wall is there great. We go. That's perfect. You know where the bit where the car drives out of the house? Yes. They, it's essentially that, but they do it into the Berlin Wall. <laughs> is, it, is it from America? They drive from America <laughs> backwards. <laughs> that's how, the- well, that's the thing, right? So they, they take his friend's dad's sports car for a joyride, and the worry is there's too many miles on the clock. And the dad will notice. So they think you can undo that by putting it in reverse. <laughs> That's what they do in the movie. And it says up on a jack and it's going in reverse to try and undo the miles, which obviously is insane. But it is kind of how it's Is that genuinely the plot work, point at the time? Yeah. Crikey, I forgot that. I was laughing. I thought, Joel, that's a really funny point. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and what happens in the movie is that someone knocks over the jack and the car, because it's spinning in reverse, flies out through 
the dad's house. But in our version, it's revving so quickly that not only does it fly out of the house, it flies across the Atlantic and directly into the Berlin Wall. I love it. And it knocks down the Berlin Wall. And Germany think peace has been declared from, on both sides. And Ferris Bueller brings about uh, an end to the Cold War. And he invents Tetris nice, as well or something. Like, you know. Why not? While uh, he's there. Because he's, yeah. Because all the pieces of the Berlin Wall fall down in, in a nice pattern. And, he thinks, and the, Hang the on. bottom row disappears inexplicably. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good opportunity for me to sort of get on my um, soapbox and say, I think Ferris Bueller is awful. He is a terrible protagonist. He's so horrible as a protagonist. I, I watch yeah. that film and think, but he's you are to be. the worst. I don't yeah, think he is. I he's... think he's portrayed as the hero. Well, yeah, but he is. He's kind of like a... He's a idiot teenager and the villain is like a poor teacher just trying to make sure that it that's that you know the class has got full attendance john you are sounding like the world's lamest man right <laughs> now i'm sorry and also the other thing about ferris bueller which i know everyone knows at this point but if you're watching succession connor is is um cameron yeah co-star which is sort of mad to think it's kind of mind-blowing isn't it yeah millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Would you like another one from me? Oh, yes, please. What about this one from Nathan, Judy Bench? A heartwarming biopic about the death of Judy Dench, a bench shop in a memory placed in a park, and people come along to tell stories about the life of Judy Dench. Nice. I... My head immediately went to the bench press. Oh, Judy I thought Dench maybe gets she's, hench. Judy Dench, bench, get hench to fight in the trench. <laughs> Armed with only a wrench. Okay. <laughs> what's no, that say stench? no more. 
It's her enemies. They're French. <laughs> wow, cancelled. Um, <laughs> look, you can't cancel someone for improvisation. That was like jazz. I didn't. I was just a conduit for what was happening there. I opened my mouth, and arguably, John, arguably, you didn't think reheat rice twice, say goodbyes to your life was going to get topped as a rhyme in this episode. And we've done it twice. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. This is this is podcasting at the highest level. So Judy Dench, I think she's going to join the cast. Of, is it, was that movie Red? All the old people got to do an action film once. Do you remember? It was yes. really nice for them. No, uh, yes. So, all, all the Expendables. But yeah, there is also Red. No, but Red, hasn't Red got like Helen Mirren? Yeah, um, I think you're right. Lawrence Olivier. Uh, Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> we've got Sidney Poitier. We've got Bruce Willis. We've got John Malkovich. We've got Helen Mirren. We've got Morgan Freeman. Not bad. That's good. So they get the old people to have a go at an action film. I think it's really sweet. It's so it's cute. Better. I think it's better than the Marigold Hotel 9. It's like, yeah, it's essentially the Marigold Hotel, but you've all got machine guns. Oh my gosh. The second the second film introduces Catherine Zeta-Jones and Anthony Hopkins. So, Well, get ready for number three. Judy Dench has hired two personal trainers and she is ripped. Absolutely ripped. And yeah, she's the star of the third film. Ripped to shreds. Abs like you wouldn't believe. See, my brain immediately went to sort of like a Pixar animated, you know, living mm. bench. That's nice. Trying to find its place in the park, I guess, or something. Mm, difficult. It doesn't really move around though, does it? Sort of like what Its place in the park is sort of wherever it is. Mm. Mm, I guess so. There's some sort of heartwarming no. bit at the end where it sort of waddles towards an old person who needs a seat. Oh, that's nice. Well, and then the old person sits on its face. Its face is the back of the bench. Where is its face? What do you mean? It's like the, the back rest is the face. So it's not butt to face. Back to face. It's not John Thick on your face. It's John Back <laughs> on your face. Okay, maybe that is heartwarming. It's more a Pixar short, John, but I'll let you have yeah. it. I'll let you have it. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, John, would you like to hear a film idea from me? Yes, please. Mission Impossible, Rogue Coronation. Yes, okay. Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. Tom Cruise is invited to the coronation. Again, I'm not sure how far outside the realms of possibility that is. I wonder how, if you had to list everyone on the planet, where Tom Cruise would be. Well, I watched about 10 minutes of the concert on Sunday evening. And mm. in that time, I saw a pre-recorded video of Tom Cruise. Naturally, he was on he was in an aeroplane at the time, flying it alone. And then he just sort of whips off and does some cool stunts. Is that where he's accepting an MTV award? No, I think this is this is a different. This is one for the kid. Basically, Tom Cruise is always in a plane flying, and they is just he got ask like on cameo. <laughs> <laughs> Pay Tom Cruise a tenner, and he'll give you a message or a fucking Spitfire. It's so mad. I thought, fucking hell, he's gone up in a plane for an MTV award. What would he do if he won an Oscar? Would he like do it from the surface of Mars? It's so strange. To uh, Tom, look, I actually feel sorry for Tom. He's He's had a fundamental misunderstanding where he doesn't understand that you can accept awards from the ground. Well, he, well actually, what's the worst thing about Tom is that for the last 10 years, he's constantly been in a stunt. <laughs> Everything he's done since then is a stunt. He won't eat breakfast unless he's on a bed of nails. <laughs> you, you know, he won't take a meeting unless he's falling through the air skydiving going on for, Zoom. Going for dinner with Tom Cruise is absolutely terrifying. All of, it's, it's quite literally a minefield. All of, all of, you have to have dinner in a minefield, All John. of the waiting staff are, are stunt people sort of doing roly-polies you get drenched all with the glass just smashes awful yeah so road coronation uh, obviously some sort of assassination attempt on the king 
Tom Cruise is there, but we reveal that Tom Cruise is actually wearing a mask like Prince Charles, and Prince Charles has already made his getaway. Do they just still do the masks in Mission Impossible? Yeah, it's almost the end of every Mission Impossible film is like, there's no physical way that this can be solved unless someone in the room happened to be Tom Cruise already. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it is. Um, oh, what? He's a bench? <laughs> How good is their technology? I would, to be fair, I, I'm absolutely there day one you know, 20 quid ticket in central London for whatever. If, if it means that I get to watch a seven minute, you know, King Charles beating the shit out of terrorists <laughs> sequence before he pulls the mask off. Oh my God. That is superb. That again, that's what's going to win, win people back around to the Royal family. A hundred percent. Right, John, what's your idea? Finish the, us up. The big mermaid. A young mermaid <laughs> makes a de deal with a sea witch to trade her beautiful voice for human legs so she can discover the world above the water and impress a prince. Also, it makes a fucking massive. It's like a Godzilla. Yeah, pretty, yeah. A kaiju aerial. Pretty much. I don't really know the plot of... The Little Mermaid is absolutely not one that's sort of in my childhood wheelhouse. There's a good article in The Guardian today about the new live-action Little Mermaid and how it might be the scariest and ugliest film ever made. <laughs> it's... Have you seen the pictures of the flounder? Yeah, I mean... Uh, he looks like a dead fish that someone's moving the mouth of. It's, hor it's horrible. Yeah, I think there's a point where we have to say that we've done this. And the point is after we get the, um, the, the Lion King sequel that is being directed by Barry Jenkins, because I do really want to see that. Yeah, that's interesting. But it is, they, they, he made a good point in the article, um, Stu Heritage, that like there was a Mulan live action film. You know, does anyone remember it or have any... It's so mad. I, it just seems like such a strange policy from Disney to be churning out these. Yeah. Look, I understand that they went with a sort of more historically accurate to the... I, I don't know what the sort of Eastern equivalent of a fairy tale is or whatever that sort of historical story is, the, the film version of Mulan. But me as an idiot child, the best things about Mulan is Talking Dragon, as we discussed mm -hmm. on a previous week's episode, actually. <laughs> Talking Dragon and the song, Let's Get Down to Business. To business. And they oh, remove yeah. both of those from the live action film. Idiots. So, yeah. Idiots. Okay, I'm into it. Well done. John, we need to declare a winner for today's episode. Who have you got? Uh, I like the, right, I like the King's Peach and I like John Thicke. W which one of those is yours? I think I'm going for John Thicke. Great. Cool. Anyway, John, we better wrap up because there is a reheated bowl of rice coming into the room <laughs> and I need to get out of here. <laughs> Well done, John. Well done, Joe. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I thought you did really well today. I thought that was a fun episode. Listener, let us know. Was it a fun episode? Did you have a fun time, listener? Did you have a nice time? Are you still having a nice time now? John, are there any films, TV, podcasts, musics that you've enjoyed recently that you'd like to share? Yes. Well, so if you're a fan of um, Missing Crypto Queen, Jamie Bartlett just launched a new podcast called Believe in Magic with the BBC which is about this charity uh, this the, yeah this charity um set up by this very unwell young girl in the UK in I think 2012 it was sort of like mm -hmm. make a wish in the UK and yeah. I'm not really sure where it's going but because I know it's Jamie Bartlett who sort of does incredible mm -hmm. there was um on the BBC news website there is like a long read of it but as soon as I saw it was written by Jamie Bartlett, I went, there's definitely going to be a podcast as well. And so then I found the podcast yeah, yeah, and I've yeah. subscribed to that. So I, d I don't know where this story goes, but I'd imagine it goes I somewhere. I listened to episode one and I'm excited. Yes, exactly. I, I, 
I can't really say too much more than that because I think the the sort of episode one doesn't dig massively into the story. It sort of alludes to it no. right at the end. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but um, what I know that I um I got a month of Audible to listen to the John Ronson thing, and I did I say about I'm not Nicholas the thing about Nicholas Rossi. I listened to that a few weeks so. ago. So Nicholas Rossi is this guy who pre- who's pretended he's someone called Arthur Knight. He's this American guy who's accused of rape, who um, mm-hmm. sort of went viral because it is quite funny, this video of him pretending yeah. to be a British guy who can't breathe and walk and stuff. But the real story behind it is 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 really fascinating and it's an amazing piece of journalism that's definitely worth checking out. Like I say, if you get Audible... There's a couple of things to, I wouldn't say get audible for the sake of these things, but if you're, if you're getting audible for something else, definitely check out John Ronson's pods, podcasts on there and I am not Nicholas. And then the last thing that we both watched is uh, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, I went to see it on Friday night, pretty soon after it came out, which is rare for me at the moment. Yeah, what did you think? I love Are we going to be spoilery here? Should we tell people if they if you're going to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3, maybe just stop listening to the podcast should now? We, should we just say... Uh, really quickly what we thought and then tell them to go away. Uh, I liked it a lot. I think I liked it a lot more than I've seen some reviews. Agreed. I liked it. I think it's potentially the best thing that the MCU has done since Endgame. Better than Far From Home? Yes. For me personally, yes. And then, Shit. And then we, the can move to, we can move to spoilers now if you'd, if, if you'd like. I liked it a lot. I really... That's not... Uh, we moved to spoilers. <laughs> I'll say what I just said 10 seconds ago. Um, I thought it was really, really good. It was like pretty heartfelt quite emotionally wrenching at points the whole rocket backstory was done brilliantly i thought i thought it was so cool to shift the focus of the whole guardians franchise thing to rocket story yeah quite an interesting idea you know maybe james gunn felt we'd had enough of peter quill but everyone kind of gets what i liked about it is everyone does get their own conclusions and you see everyone's story through and they all get their moment which i thought was handled pretty well i will say I think maybe he chickened out a little bit by keeping them all alive and happy at the end. That, I think all the marketing, all the marketing told me that. And the first five minutes of the film told me Rocket's dead. I, I, yeah, I agree. I couldn't believe that everyone stays alive. That, especially because James Gunn's leaving for DC. Yeah. It's, you thought like, he'd take, he'd take someone with him. Yeah. So takes them out. astounding. And also, um, I didn't stay till the last credits because I'm lazy, but I found out and it does say the legendary Star-Lord will return. So it's making a very clear point that Chris Pratt is still in the MCU. Yeah. That must be Avengers stuff, right? They're not, they will not, they will not do a Guardians of the Galaxy 4. There's just no No. way. Well, and that new lineup, while it's fun, I think, like you said, I think they'll just show up in like a a Thor movie or Avengers as like sort of a fun side thing rather than, I don't think you make a whole film around those guys. Yeah, no, I thought it was really, really good, really effective. I'm not a big crier at films, but... There was like four points where it was like for sadness or happiness, I was like it, like on the edge of tears. Like it's really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really heartfelt. The thing, so a criticism that I do understand about the MCU is sort of like after Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone just sort of became quip machines. The personality of every single character in the MCU is that they are witty. Whereas mm-hmm. I think the good the thing about Guardians is they're all like witty in a specific way. So like there's that whole thing where it's like one of the things that people say about like basic character writing is like if you got into a lift with someone, you you know how they would react and you can do that mm-hmm. with all the Guardians. They all have distinct yeah, yeah. personalities that you're like, oh, he's, you know, this guy, this is this guy. And so, yeah, you just sort of know them all. And you're right. And they all have their time. They all have their sort of like moment to shine, even like Nebula. Yeah, it's, I, 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 it's really good. I find with the MCU films, I am like a big sort of, comic 
book sucker so i always mm-hmm. sort of walk out of an mcu film going that was great fun i had a great time and then it's only like the week after i'm like yeah i'm not sure that one was great whereas yeah. with this one i've been like ever since i've been like no that that was really solid and i definitely would yeah, it watch was really it again. great the bad guy the high evolutionary played by chuck woody iwuji yes he was excellent really good really fun to have a, a villain who's like just bad yeah just a bad dude and uh, thanos and killmonger it's fun because you're like i can sort of see where they're coming from their logic Mm. makes sense whereas this guy he's just a dick spring is that you warmer temps mean new allbirds styles meet the super light collection the lightest ever shoes from allbirds now in fresh colors they've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet the lighter than air feel and barely their fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever that means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Yeah, he's just a dick. I wonder if they'll... They don't kill him off, actually. I was going to say, I wonder if they'll regret killing him off. But he... There's got to be scope for him to do more than more than one movie, right? He's so good. And they just... They have that thing where in Love and Thunder, one of the only redeeming features of Love and Thunder was that Christian Bale was so brilliant Mm. as the bad guy. And the MCU is so about connected films and an extended universe. It'd be surprising if they keep having really good like one and done villains almost. I don't think that would be that smart. That's actually one thing I will say that's slightly inconsistent about the Guardians of the Galaxy is they sort of make a point about not killing people and then proceed to kill everyone. Do you know what? I actually thought it's a 12A. Oh, my gosh. Some, like, absolute gore. There's like, there's a bit where Adam Warlock, who I liked, I've seen people criticizing that character quite a bit. I thought he was good. And I think they need, it, it was kind of the only link, the only link to actually there being an MCU in the whole film was that Adam Warlock. Like, otherwise, maybe that's why Guardians has been so good because it's it does sort of stand on its own. Mm. Like you could almost watch just the Guardians films. For sure. I think. Well, there's an elevator the, sequence where they basically... The thing. <laughs> but they explain it in that elevator sequence, don't they? Yeah. And they just go, here's, yeah. here's the info dump as a joke, just to catch yeah, everyone yeah. up. But yeah, there's a bit where Adam Warlock just like toasts a guy that they're questioning. And it's pretty gory. And there's like a bit with... Rocket rips um, off the... Rocket rips off his guy's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? No, oh, 100%. It is... I When that happened... And they say, Fuck. Yes, they do. They I say couldn't believe I couldn't believe it when they said fuck. I genuinely couldn't believe it. Like, whoa. The first James Gunn's going out, all guns blazing. The first uh, pun intended. Uh, the first MCU F word. Who do you think will be the first Marvel character to say the word cunt? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this isn't this isn't my line at all. This is like I saw an interviewer interviewing Chris Pratt, potentially like Jimmy Kimmel, and said, How the hell did Samuel L. Jackson not get the first F bomb in the MCU? Yeah, it's a good point. But yeah, no, I, th- I think it's really great. If, um, I mean, we're actually doing spoilers here, so it's not like we're here to recommend recommend it. But I, yeah, I thought it was really great. I liked Adam Warlock as well. I've seen loads of negative stuff around Adam Warlock. I do worry that's because I really like Will Poulter. But yeah, no, great, 
great film. Um, it's good movie. If that, if um, Secret Invasion, the Samuel L. Jackson TV show that com- that's coming out next month, is good, then then people, you know, then MCU might on. be might be sort of cooking on gas again. Nice. All right. Good stuff, John. Well done. Brilliant. Same time next time. Thanks, listener, for sticking with us all the way. If you have, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.